You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Good morning, church. How we doing? We doing good? All right. Well, I want to welcome you guys to Kingsway. Special welcome to our any first-time guests out there with us this morning. I hope our Kingsway folks have made you feel welcome and introduced themselves. I also want to welcome those of you that may be watching online right now. Um, I want you to make sure you feel welcome there as well. My name is Brett Cadwell. I am the director of ministries here at Kingsway. And I have the great pleasure and honor of leading our ministry team here at Kingsway. And uh, that means our kids, our students, our uh, missions, community life, and uh, I always forget one, worship. And uh, I, got, I got so many people I'm over. And, uh, but God is doing so many incredible things through those leaders, and I'm, I'm so honored to get to, to lead them here at Kingsway. Um, but I believe that before we get started here too far today, I wanna share with you a little bit about my story, because I feel like a message between friends connects better than a, a message between strangers. And I look forward to getting to know many of you. Some of you I do know um, as we've been a part of this church over the last few years, but, but there's a lot of you that I don't know, but I'm the one with the microphone today. So I'm gonna share a little bit about my story and, uh, and then we're gonna dive into God's word. Um, I actually grew up in this church uh, from seventh grade through college. I was a punk kid in the youth ministry meeting down there in the Family Life Center. And uh, usually chasing girls and, and hanging out with my friends and if you were to tell me 20 years ago when I was in that room that, that I would be asked to share from God's word up on this stage, I would have told you you're crazy, laughed in your face, and then probably went and chased that girl again. Um, but I, uh, the, the funny part is that I actually did eventually chase down that girl. The, my, I met my wife in that room um, in 1998, and uh, I didn't know that she would be my wife when I met her that day, um, but I, I knew there was something intriguing about her, and we actually got married uh, on this stage eight years later. Um, and since that time, we have served in two different churches. Uh, we actually left ministry, paid ministry for a while, and I, we worked, um, I worked as a farmer alongside my in-laws for seven years. And then over the last uh, year, God's been working in our life. And, and uh, he called us back to ministry uh, last summer uh, he started stirring in me again, and, and uh, through some conversations, long story short, uh, I started here as the director of ministries in, uh, in November, and God has been so cool through that process. He, uh, he just has a way of showing up and unifying when, when you need him to do that, and, uh, and so I, am, I, am, I just feel so blessed to be up here and, and to share a little bit about uh, what what God has been showing me over these last few months and, uh, and years. So that's a piece of my story, but today, today I wanna talk about uh, your story, and I also, I wanna spend some time in the beginning of this message talking about the story of Kingsway and what God has done through this place in the last 40 plus years, because today um, we're talking about this value of compassion. <coughs> Excuse me. And as, as Chris just mentioned, Matt got on a plane and flew to Peru with a great team of people. And so when Matt goes and leaves the country, all the rules go with him, okay? <laughs> so I can do whatever I want. And, you know, he can be watching online, but there's nothing he can do about it. So, 
But today as a church, I really want us to take, I just want us to take a breath and realize how our compassion has impacted the globe, how it's impacted our community, and how it's impacted uh, mission partners around the world. Because you see, over the last um, three weeks, God has brought me face to face with this compassion around the world. So uh, two, uh, two and a half weeks ago, I got on a plane with four other travel buddies, some of the best travel buddies I've ever been, been with. And uh, I've, I calculated it up. I, I flew over 24,000 miles in 10 days. I spent 48 hours in a plane, which just sounds incredibly boring. And uh, we took eight different flights. We, I was in four different countries. We, I, I got to see and, and sit down and talk with two of our mission partners. And uh, not only that, but I, I experienced incredible worship. I met some of God's coolest people on this planet. Uh, and I... I worship God in some of the most remote places. I was literally preaching two weeks ago in a remote village, the lowest of the low in India, and the walls were made of mud, and the roof was a thatched roof, and there was 40 people crammed in this church that was literally smaller than my office. And I saw God work in the same incredible ways that I see him work right here in Avon, Indiana. So I wanna share a little bit about that with you. So the first partner that I came across um, and that we, that I came eye to eye with was our partner in India called Care India. And this was a ministry started by PV and Molly John 27 years ago. It has since transferred leadership to a guy by the name of Bobby John, incredible man of God and an incredible leader. He leads a team of uh, 70 plus pastors um, across Southeast India into over 100 villages doing God's work. And Last year, I wanna give you some stats because this, this ministry is incredible at tracking everything that God does in a year's time. So in 2017, so in one year, they baptized 1,125 new believers in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I double-checked that number like three times. 1,125 new believers. They have a... a program called Save the Girl, where they literally take girls um, from their homes that uh, sometimes they, they can't be cared for. A lot of times in their culture, after fourth grade, they just, the, the mom and dads, they want them at home watching the siblings so the mom can go work, and so they stop funding their education. And so India comes in and says, you know what, we don't, we don't agree with that. Our, our girls need to be educated just like, just like our boys. And so they now have uh, 5,000 girls in that program. They had a goal to reach 5,000 by 2020 because of Bobby John and all the work they did. They met that goal two years early. Who does that, honestly? And, and so they extended that goal to 7,500 by 2020, but they have 5,000 girls in that program right now. Absolutely. They have, a, they have a boys and girls homes that we gotta visit. Um, they have 37 boys in the boys home, 63 girls in the girls home. Um, they are cared for at that home. They teach them the word of God every day. They wake up at 4.30 in the morning during the school year and they do a Bible study and they worship before breakfast and then they go to school and come back and just unbelievable the ministry that's happening there. They care for 665 widows in their program. It's a, it's a culture that if you are a widow and you don't have family that uh, cares for you, then you're kind of forgotten. You're left to just kind of fend for yourself on the street. And uh, so they come alongside and they actually fund 
they give those ladies a, a stipend every month and they feed them. Um, incredible. You think, who, who's, who's closer to the heart of God than a widow and an orphan? And that's exactly what they're doing. Um, yeah. They, and last year alone, they, built, they bored 11 wells to bring, bring clean drinking water to villages that sometimes walk for miles. And next year, they, they plan to, to bore 20 more. So again, we, I gotta see face-to-face every day how they use this tool of compassion in order to reach people for Jesus. But what, what I wanna celebrate today with you all is that your compassion and your generosity help make every bit of that possible. So uh, on that team as well, I traveled with two of our team members were, our, were two doctors from our uh, partner in Mexico, Worldwide Hispanic Outreach. And uh, Esli and Sandy Fuentes, they're a married couple and they both are, both are doctors in Mexico and they lead clinics as a part of that ministry in Mexico. Well, they flew with us to India to share uh, their gifts and how they run a clinic with India. And so I saw God just work in incredible ways in their life. I, I loved being at a church where Sandy got up to speak. Sandy speaks Spanish. She doesn't speak English. So we each had to translate Sandy's Spanish to English. And then her husband had to, had to say it in English. And then they translated that English into the Indian native language. So it took about 10 minutes. It took 30 minutes to give a 10-minute message, if you know what I mean. So if you ever think Matt's long-winded, just try doing that. So he's going to hate me after this message. Um, but I got, I got to see how compassion from one part of the world still looks like compassion in the other part of the world, and I gotta see how they can work together. It was a beautiful picture. And, but again, your guys' compassion and generosity helped make every bit of that possible. Kingsway paid to, to send Esley and Sandy over there and do that, and so you all are a part of that. I hope you understand that. Um, my travels also took me to Myanmar, where I saw Pastor Joshua Um, in Myanmar and his team of teachers and the impact they're having on a country that has literally been attacked by the Buddhist religion for the last two thousands of years, at least 2,000 years. I traveled to the Emmaus Bible Institute, which is their Bible Bible college there, and they also have a seminary where they train 100 pastors all year long, and um, and they, they come there, they get trained up, they, they come for three years, and then they go out, and during the summers, and then when they graduate, they go back to their home villages all across Myanmar. Many of them land on the borders of Thailand and Laos and Bangladesh and China, and they literally plant a church near the border, and then they travel across the border spreading the gospel of Jesus. And you all are a part of that. I hope you understand. You, I hope you're getting this picture Um, In the last year, God has showed me something else. God has showed me the power of a dollar. He he came, he stirred in me um, 18 months ago as I sat in a tractor in the middle of a cornfield harvesting corn. And God God finds me in tractors in the middle of a cornfield. Um, Not as much anymore, but he he does. And in the quiet... He, uh, he stirred in me and he gave me this idea. I came across this idea of this other church doing this thing with a dollar. And, and I, I started to dream about what, what it would look like if we did that here at Kingsway. God didn't let it go. He continued to stir me and stir me and stir me. And, and he grew that dream over 18 months from a dollar into giving away over $65,000. Absolutely. that changed the lives 
of people in our community, not just this church, but our community and, and ministries and nonprofit organizations around the, the, the community here um, of Avon and Hendricks County. But I know you've met these folks via video, but I actually wanted to take a moment today and celebrate them in person. So I'm gonna invite all of the recipients from the last 14 months out on stage with us right now. Will you give it up for them? Will you celebrate them? Come right here, right here, guys. awesome. I want to celebrate these people because, you know, this is an unbelievable picture of how compassion works. Because you see, the Dollar Club, we don't just give to a need. Yes, many times there is a need, but, but just because someone has a need, that, that's, not, that's not our criteria. We look for somebody who's already being compassionate and generous in their world, but they got, you know, something, something happens and they need, they need some help. And, uh, and, or they need, honestly, they just need to know that God sees them. God sees them in their compassion and their generosity. He knows that, he wants to say that, hey, you're not alone in this. You're not alone in this fight. You look at uh, a cold who, who willingly gave of himself to raise money for uh, a mission organization, so we're gonna send him to, to be a part of that. You look at, uh, we had an opportunity to love on the ladies at Sheltering Wings, and, uh, and, and what they have been through and the generosity that even Sheltering Wings gives to our community. And so these, these men and women, they deserve to be celebrated, don't they? Absolutely. And I know, I know one thing they would wanna say, thank you guys so much. I know one thing that they would wanna say if they could, and that would be they would say thank you, because I've heard that from all of them. In those moments where we give to them, they, they are often speechless, but they, every time they come back in an email, in a note, I share those notes with our Dollar Club team, that they're so thankful for how we've poured out compassion and generosity to them. So I wanna take a minute, and I'm gonna pray over them, and then we're gonna, we're gonna jump back into our message. God, thank you for compassion. Thank you for showing us how to be compassionate and generous. God, thank you for the lives of each one of these people up here. And God, how you have worked in them over these last uh, months and God, years of their life as you prepared them for this moment. God, thank you for, <coughs> excuse me, thank you for many of the, many of the times where you are, you are leading through these people in organizations around our community. They're not done having an impact, God. They're just getting started you were just a part of that story, God. And God, I just ask that, um, God, you continue to pour out your blessing in this church, God, through the Dollar Club and through, um, God, through what you have intended for the next 18 months and how you intend for us to be generous and compassionate and continue to, to plant these seeds in our, in our community, God. Thank you so much for your blessing. It's your name we pray, amen. It's awesome.
Church, you are awesome. You've done good. Um, you've been compassionate. Um, but God is not done yet. He's not done with us. He's really, honestly, he's just getting started. And we talked about that with our team. And, and so we're going to jump right now into, <coughs> excuse me, um, we're going to jump right now into this, uh, what we're talking about today in, in this, this value of compassion. And Matt has done a great job of setting up this message over the last three weeks. Um, we talked three weeks ago about our purpose here at Kingsway. Our purpose is to become more like Christ. It's this idea that we're to become more like Christ today than we were yesterday. And we're gonna become more like Christ tomorrow than we were today. And we're gonna watch what God can do when we do that. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about celebration. And I love the language that we, we've been using around here. Celebration is that we love God. It's that I, this idea that, that we love God as a community of believers. We will laugh a lot sing loud and worship often because there's nothing more fun than serving God with people you love, amen? And, uh, and what it means to truly value that, that idea of celebration as a church and how that can change, change our world. We looked last week at this value of community, that we love one another and we share life and serve together in relationships that honor Christ. How cool is that when we get to surround ourselves with, with believers and, and unbelievers and find community um, in, in a way that, that truly shapes and forms our lives and the lives around us. So today, I wanna dive into this idea of compassion. And here's our language for compassion. It says, compassion, we love the world and we will lead the way, I love this language, we will lead the way with a rational generosity because we truly believe it is more blessed to give than to receive. We will lead the way with irrational generosity. Those words just kind of soaked into my brain as I was preparing. I wrote this sermon on four planes and, and uh, over the last week and God just continued to bring me back to those words of irrational generosity. See, because I believe that that compassion starts with generosity. When you see compassion, you see a word over and over again, and that's generosity. You see it in our language, but you also see it throughout the Bible. They go hand in hand. You really honestly can't have one without the other, and it, it requires generosity because you see, we, uh, to show compassion to our world at its root, compassion literally means to suffer with, to come alongside, you see a need, and you make the choice that I'm going to suffer alongside that person. But, but you usually don't stop there, just in joining in their suffering. It's a natural tendency in us as humans to want to alleviate that suffering. So how do you alleviate that suffering? Well, you alleviate that suffering by responding in generosity. Because generosity literally means to respond with abundance. I think about my grandma on Thanksgiving. Okay, as I'm going through the line, I fill my plate and she goes back and doesn't even ask me and keeps piling on the mashed potatoes and the gravy and the chicken and noodles. That's what we eat at our house. I know it's weird sometimes to some of you, but, but I, that's what I think about when I think about in abundance. It's more than we could ask or imagine. It's, it's irrational, right? It's a generosity that's irrational. And that, but, but that does not mean, you know, this is not, this is not a money sermon, Okay. If you, uh, if you have any thoughts about that, you can send them, email them to mnickerson 
at Kingswood. He told me he wanted some stuff to read on the plane ride home, okay? But th- this, is not, this is not a money sermon. That's not what this is. This, God, God requires or asks for our generosity in a lot of different ways. He, he wants an abundance of our time. He wants an abundance of our effort. He wants an abundance of our resources. And yeah, sometimes he asks for an abundance of our, of our finances or our money. But, but the reality is that, that God has given us those in the first place. You see this compassion we just celebrated just now in India and Mexico through the Dollar Club. We see a need. We, sit in, we witness suffering around the world and we can't just watch that suffering. I gotta, I gotta speak with PV John in India and to hear his vision for Care India and, and God literally came to him on the middle of a sleeping mat in a village where he was far from home and uh, he, he literally started Care India in a, he moved to the area where Care India is because he knew one Christian family, one Christian family and God gave him a vision because he couldn't just, he couldn't witness that suffering and not do anything about it. And so instead, he responded in generosity. So today we're gonna look at uh, 2 Corinthians 9. You can open your Bibles there. We're going to, um, we, we come on the scene in Paul's letter to the Corinthians as he is, uh, he's in the middle of praising the church of Corinth because he literally uses this word, and I've already used it this morning. You might have caught it. He uses the word stirred up. He stirred up the church of Corinth he stirred them up in a way that was, was impacting other churches. The church of Macedonia was responding to what the, the church of Corinth wanted to do for the believers in Jerusalem. See, the believers in Jerusalem, they, they, they hit a rough patch. They, they, were, they, they had some needs and they were poor. And, and the church of Corinth said, we're gonna come alongside you. We're gonna help you. We're gonna give above and beyond what you would expect us to give in order to help meet that need. So let's start in verse six, and it says this. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I'm a former farmer, I get this, right? But the reality is that everyone in this culture that he would be writing to would completely understand that. All of, most of us understand, if you ever had a garden, you've ever planted flowers, that you plant only a few seeds what do you get? You get a small crop. You plant generously and you get a generous crop. It makes sense. It, when it comes to generosity, your return on investment is directly related to your generosity. What you put in, you get out. Your investment directly impacts your result. So let's keep going, verse seven. Paul says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You see, compassion and generosity go hand in hand, but the reality that we have to understand in our own lives is that generosity starts with our God. He led the way. He showed us how to be generous. Right there in verse eight, it says, and God will generously provide all you need. He's, he's already given us everything we can ask or imagine. He's given us everything we need. So at the end of the day, it really comes down to trust. You trust in what God is saying and what Paul is saying to the church of Corinth and what Paul is saying to you. Do you trust that you have everything that you need 
from God and that he is simply asking us to share some of that generously with those that walk into our lives. Because I think you, you, you need to ask yourself the question, and I, and I ask myself this question, like Matt and other, other people that have spoke up here before always talk about, when, when you're studying for a message, God works on you more than he ever works on, on anyone else. So I, I had to ask myself the question, do I truly believe that? Do I truly trust that, that God intends the best for me? Do I believe it? Do I, do I live like that? Does my bank account reflect that? More, more often, does my calendar reflect that? Let's keep going and see how Paul finishes out this thought. Verse nine says, as the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. I love that picture. He will produce a great harvest of generosity in us. See, because compassion and generosity happen through you and through me. God's first generous. He gives to us, but then he fully intends to use us to then give and, and suffer with and then respond in that irrational generosity to our community and to our world. You see, often we come to church, and this isn't all of you, but it's some of you. We come to church and we think that we put money in the offering box as we walk out, and we, we, we believe that because the church as an institution is having compassion, that somehow that replaces our, our expectation to be compassionate, compassionate personally. But these four walls, this building can't love on our world. This building can't meet a need. This building can't suffer alongside those in our community that are suffering. They can't be generous, but we can. We can personally, and that's, and that's really what I think you have to you have to ask yourself is, do I value compassion in my life? You see, the, the church values compassion because the people that are the church value compassion. The people you come in contact with, they see that compassion in your life. It oozes out of who you are, and really that's true of, of all three of these, these values. When we truly value these things. They ooze out of our life. We don't have to try. They, they are who we are as a church. See, compassionate acts follow compassionate people. You can look at your life. My, my wife, Shelby, she can look at my life and, and, and see where my heart is. Those people in your life that are close to you, they can look and they can point to acts of compassion in your life. I saw this in, a, in my time in Myanmar. I love, I love this story. I'm, I'm so glad God gave me this. So in Myanmar, we, had just, we were just at the Emmaus Bible Institute, and we were leaving, and we were going to do some sightseeing in the afternoon, and we went to this ancient village that was like built a 1,000 years ago, and there was ruins there, and they had re, um, reconstructed it. It was beautiful, except it was all to a God that doesn't exist. And, uh, but, it, but, the, but the handiwork was, was beautiful, and we were on our way back, and we were driving in what's called a Ford Surf, 
it's like a Ford Explorer, but all, every, everything has different names over there. And we're driving, we've been going about 70 miles an hour and we slowed down in this village and we slowed down to about 30. And all of a sudden, like, just like we hit a brick wall and we come to a complete stop and our car's like this. And I look at Tyler, my traveling buddy, he's our communications lead on staff here. And we're looking like, well, this isn't what we had planned today. And so we get out of the car and literally the front right wheel of our car had come off the axle and it folded under the car and our car was sitting on top of the axle. Now my dad is a mechanic. He's been a mechanic my whole life and I can look at that and I know that's not good, right? <laughs> and so, so we get out and, and literally, I, and I'm not exaggerating, within 15 to 30 seconds, there are 30 to 35 Burmese men surrounding us. And Pastor Josh was there, me and Tyler, and I'm looking at Tyler like, this is gonna be interesting. I wanna watch God, how God gets us out of this one. And so we step back and literally these men are like, you know, you got men over here and they're, they, to me, it looked like they were yelling at each other. I think they were just talking in their own language. But you know, it's, you know, back and forth. And Pastor Josh was trying to like keep up and I don't even know if he knows what they're saying. And all of a sudden this, this uh, Burmese guy, he takes off running down the street. And I'm like, okay, I don't, know, I don't know what he's doing. And about two minutes later, he comes back and I swear that he, I wish I have a picture of it, I didn't have it for you today, that he is driving tow mater. You know the tow truck from cars? <laughs> he, I'm, I'm not, it was, it was tow mater in real life, okay? <laughs> this, this tow truck was from World War I or Vietnam or something. And uh, there was more parts missing off of it than were there in contact. And so, but they pull it up and they, they lift up the car and they're they trying to put the wheel back on. I'm sitting there thinking like, there's no way that wheel's going back on. But they're doing everything they can, all these people. They invite us into this um, like little shanty on the side of the road and they, they offer us food and water. And you see these people, they, they're being compassionate. They don't know me. They don't, they don't know us. They didn't know Pastor Joshua. But they dropped everything they were doing in that day. Now, they may not have been that busy, but they still, they dropped everything they were doing to help us and to, to meet our need. And they ended up um, towing this car to a workshop. We ended up taking a taxi home. It was an adventure. And, uh, but you see that God showed, God showed me the compassion of his people. And I... I, I would hope to think that that would happen here, but I don't, I don't know if that would happen in Avon. I think most people would just keep driving on by. And so God, God showed me and he challenged me in that. And you see, God might be giving us, giving you a vision. He might be stirring in you, much like he stirred in me 18 months ago. God's still stirring in me about what's next for the dog club and what's next for for Kingsway, but, but maybe, he's, maybe he's giving you a vision to, to start a nonprofit in our community. You see a need every day. Maybe you're a teacher. You see a need every day that, that you know could be met, but you, maybe you got a little fear about that. Maybe he's calling you to become a marriage mentor in our, in our marriage ministry to, to reach out to a couple that is, that is hurting. And, and maybe that couple knows Jesus, but maybe not. And, and maybe, maybe he intends to use you that way. Maybe he's stirring in you to join our, our special needs ministry here at, at Kingsway to, to show compassion to these kids that, that come into our ministry every, every Sunday and need one-on-one attention to see the love of Jesus played out in their life. 
Maybe he's calling you to jump on a plane and go to a foreign land and be the hands and feet of Jesus. He's called many of you to that, and many of you have and are doing that this year. But I believe that the church should be leading the way in compassion to our world. The church should be leading the way. Not schools, not government. They can do great things, but they should be learning from us, not us learning from them. We should be leading the way in irrational generosity as we model compassion for our world. All right, I'm getting fired up here. Let's go to uh, verse 11. Verse 11 says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will what? They will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you're obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. You see, compassion happens in you and it happens through you. God uses you to show compassion to someone else and then ultimately what happens? They see God. They see God at work in your life and they see God at work, all of a sudden God's at work in their life whether they know him personally or not. He gets the glory. Timothy Keller, God that, that Pastor Matt and, and other preachers, we, we, we love his teaching. He's a, he's a preacher out in New York City. He says this, ministry, Christian ministry is taking your gifts and resources and meeting needs in Christ's name with them. That is what ministry is, serving people. You see, compassion and ministry, using your gifts and resources to meet the needs of God, God's people it often costs you something. And being generous, it, it means, it literally means if, if we're gonna give in abundance, we're gonna have to give something that God has given to us and we're gonna have to turn and we're gonna have to give that away. God showed me this on the mission field um, three years ago. I was just a plain old farmer at the time and, um, and I, I joined a, our team going to Haiti it was a teen trip, and, but there was about four or five guys on the trip, and it was a, it was a great trip, and the, the kids did an incredible job there. They led VBS during the day, but most, for three of the days, me and the other three gentlemen that were there on our team, we went and we did a construction project. We were building a, uh, a home for one of the cooks at HCM, our, our mission there. So every day we went, and they had hired labor to help us, because <laughs> we don't—we're not very good at, I guess, laying blocks straight. We can—we can haul concrete, we can haul block, we can, you know, rake rake stone in place. But they had people there that actually knew what they were doing, so that the building didn't look like this. And uh, and so we get there, and uh, just these great guys. And on the last day we were there, we were finishing up the project, and there was a guy that I've been working alongside. You kind of team up with one of the other guys, and you you help bring him whatever he needs, and. It came about lunchtime and he started a fire and he's boiling some water and he throws some spaghetti in the water. It's something that looked like spaghetti. He puts all this spice on it, makes it as hot as Hades. I, I, I don't know what it was, but, and, uh, and I'm, I think the whole time, like, I mean, this is a massive bowl of spaghetti. And I'm like, there's no way this dude's gonna eat this. And if he is, he's gonna be asleep for the rest of the afternoon. 
And so I, I didn't realize it, but he, he lives right next door. And so it gets done, and in, in his native, in Creole, he starts calling to his family in the, other, in, in the house next door, and out walks four boys, each with a bowl. And he walks up to their dad, and they're all talking to him, and he's, you know, loving on them, and he, he takes a scoop of spaghetti. spaghetti. I just said it like my kids. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, Sketty. And uh, he takes some spaghetti, and he puts it in the bowl. Next kid comes by, does it again, does it again, does it again. At the end, uh, there, was, there was nothing, there was a bite left, maybe. And I see him take what's left, and he eats it, and I'm thinking like, man. That's all, that is compassion. But God wasn't done working on me yet. And so we start working that afternoon. And for some reason, I hadn't noticed it in the last three days. But I look over at his shoes. And his shoes were, he was wearing like those black and white tuxedo dress shoes. He's a construction worker, but it's all he had. And I saw that on his right foot, there was a hole in the shoe about like this. And out of that shoe, his foot was literally bleeding because I noticed it for the first time because there was blood dripping from his foot onto the concrete floor. And I was like, I thought I was bleeding. And, and then I, I, I figured out what was happening. And God stirred in me in that moment. And he, I thought, I'm about to lose my shoes. And I looked down. And so we, I get the translator over there and we figure out it wasn't a perfect fit, but he was going to make it work. And so I, I've been down and I take off my work boots, my brand new work boots that I had bought for the trip. And um, I, I take them off and I give them to him and he's got this big old smile on his face. But then I look over and my teammates, my other three, two or three guys that were with me, they're knelt down and they're taking off their shoes. And they're giving their shoes to the other guys that were, we were working with. And in that moment, yeah, compassion, yeah, compassion, cost me my shoes. This, this is not about me. It is about what God needed to do through me. But it cost me something that day, but man, it was worth it. Man, it was worth it. And, and Jesus talks about this cost of compassion. We're gonna, we're gonna wrap up here. We look at Jesus talking to his disciples in Matthew 9. 35 through 38, he says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues, and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. You know what's about to happen when you hear that verse, but do you know what happens right after this? In Matthew, at least, Matthew, he says the, the, the workers are few. Pray for more workers because the harvest is great. We need, we need more people. And he turns, and, and that's the end of chapter nine, he turns in chapter 10 and he looks right at his disciples. In Luke, he looks at his disciples and he looks at 72 other disciples that were under, the, under his 12. And he looks at them and you know what he tells them? He, he empowers them. He empowers them and says that, you know, I can cast out demons, but so can you. you. I can heal, and so can you. I'm empowering you to do that. He said, but do you know what he says next? He goes, it's, it's not gonna be easy. You know, in fact, you're gonna get whipped, and you're gonna get flogged. You're gonna get arrested as you go out, and you spread the, this good news that, you know what, some people, 
they're not gonna wanna hear it. And he looks at him in Matthew 10, 38 to 39, and he says, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. And at the end of chapter 10, he comes right back to this idea of compassion. In verse 42, and it says, and if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So church, God has called us to this value of compassion. Compassion. We love the world. We will lead the way with a rational generosity because we truly believe it is more blessed to give than to receive. We are told to plant generously if we expect an abundance at harvest. When we plant generously, God will produce a harvest of generosity in you and in me, but it won't be easy and it will cost us something, maybe everything. But if you want life in this world, if you want to truly live, then you have to lose your life and you have to die to yourself. But it's worth it. Ask Bobby John at Care India if it's worth it. Ask him if he has hard days, sure. But ask him if it's worth it. Ask Esley and Sandy down in Mexico after they spend eight hours in a medical clinic. Ask them if it's worth it. Is it hard? Yeah. But it's worth it. Ask every one of our Dollar Club recipients up here. I already referenced them earlier, but ask the, the ladies that give of themselves at Sheltering Wings day in, day out, 365 days a year, loving on women and families that desperately need the love of Jesus. Is it hard? Yeah, but is it worth it? Yeah. You see, we have such a talented church with so much experience in so many ways. We have, we have teachers, we have business leaders, we have retirees, we have students, we have doctors, we have nurses, we have, you name it. And if we become a church who could, who could get behind this idea of dying to ourselves, and we choose to live for a purpose and use our gifts and abilities to show compassion, can you imagine what God can do through this place? So here's the challenge. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. The church values compassion when you value compassion. So how is God stirring in you? Because he is. Our God is stirring. He is at work. I see it all over the place. Uh, that's one of the things I love about my job is that I get to see God at work in every ministry of this church, in, in, every, in life groups, in kids ministry, in, in community life, and. God was stirring in the Corinth church. He, he stirred in the church of Corinth in a way that he then turned to the, the church of Macedonia and they saw that. See, compassion is contagious. When you see that compassion, the people around you can't help but get on board with what you're doing. My guess is that many of you already know how God is stirring in you. And you may have fear 
You may have, you know, the, the, the voices creeping in telling you why you can't do it and why you're not worth it and why, and all the bad things that could happen. But God's got this. He's got you. He sent his son to die on a cross to take away that sin, to take away that fear, and to, to give us exactly what we need in the moment that we need it. And church, if we can learn to die to ourselves and value celebration and value community and value compassion, and we, we get unified in a purpose to become like Christ, can you imagine what we can do to change this community and to change the world? You saw it today. Care India, Myanmar, we didn't even talk about the Dominican Republic, Haiti, Mexico, Hendricks County, Avon, Plainfield, Brownsburg. Just watch how God could change this church and change this town, change this county, and change this world. Let's pray. God, you are a God who stirs. God, you stirred in the church 2,000 years ago, God, and you stir in the church today, God. God, you are raising up people in this church. I believe it. You're putting, you're planting seeds in their heart. God, some of the people in this church, they're pouring their lives out, and we know that, and, that's, and, and, and we just want them to keep doing that. This isn't a guilt trip. This isn't about checking off a box and doing one more thing. This is about being who you designed and created us to be, to live a life of compassion, to suffer with those in our community and to watch, watch God how you can change the world. We love you, God. It's your name we pray, amen. Thank you, Brett, for reminding us how God is making a difference in people's lives through Kingsway. Aren't you glad God has sent us somebody like Brett to be our director of ministries, who has a heart like Jesus. We're so thankful for you. Raise your hand if you're gonna pray for Brett. Pray for him, pray for his ministry team and you're part of the ministry team. They pray for you. Uh, you know, Kingsway, God is inviting us to join him on mission to redeem a lost community and world to himself. Do we get that? Do we understand what that means? What an incredible honor. You see, he has sent thousands of families around this Kingsway campus for us to reach and we intend on each one of them calling Kingsway home. We're gonna do everything we can to show them the love and, and compassion of Jesus to them. And uh, no more is it acceptable, Brett, for us to have half-hearted worship. That's right. No more is it acceptable for us to sit in these seats every Sunday and pretend that that's Christianity. That's right. No longer are we gonna tip God with our resources, but we're gonna invest in his kingdom. It's gonna be more than what we can do. It's gonna require God and it's gonna require each other. That's why we want everyone to be all in. We're gonna ask our ushers if the house lights can come up a little bit. Our ushers are gonna come down and pass everybody this card. It says all in. Everything we've been talking about over the last few weeks is on this card. So if you would, everyone get, every family, every individual get a card. And we want you to pray over this card for the next seven days and bring this back to church with you next Sunday. At the bottom of this card, it has a commitment to it. It says, I am all in. See, this deals with our heart. This deals with our hands. This deals with our resources. 
says, I will celebrate by faithfully attending worship. We're gonna celebrate God like never before. I will be in community with others. We're gonna share in community. This is our community of faith. And I will give generously with my time and money. I'm gonna be compassionate. And there's even a place there that says over the next 52 weeks, what we're gonna do to invest in God's kingdom. So take this, pray over this over the next seven days. And next Sunday, let's, let's blow Pastor Matt's socks off by showing him a church that's ready to stand up and move and take this community and world by storm. Can I get amen out there? Amen. amen. We're going to be all in, aren't we? We're going to hold nothing back. Amen. Let's all stand together as you get this card because Rhett's going to get ready to lead us in worship. Hey, Brett, Brett and I were in, in India together, and God really used Brett. He's such a great minister. And, you know, of all the things that we saw in India... The worship, and man, let me tell you, they sing with all their hearts. They play drums in a way I've never heard before. <laughs> I never was quite sure if the musicians and singers were doing the same song, <laughs> but they did it with all their hearts. But one of the things they did is they, they always opened up their altar for prayer. Because with this many people, there's got to be some families or individuals going through a tough time. And we're going to open up this altar for prayer. And I'm going to ask staff members, if you're here, Elders, if you're here, core volunteers, if you're here, let's come forward and let's pray with, with the families or individuals that might come forward who need prayer. This is a place of prayer. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you could experience the greatest compassion more than anything we've talked about and seen this, on this service so far. Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you. Today, he wants to forgive you of your sins and change your history and write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life for eternal life. And you may say, well, I don't want to come forward among all these people. Well, let's show them how you're going to respond. If you knew today that someone was going to come to know Jesus, how are you going to respond today? Can we practice that? We're going to share for them. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Today's the day. Today's your day. So come forward for prayer at this time. The, the altar's open as we sing. And Brett and I will be down here. We're going to pray with you. And if you need to know Jesus, we're going to lead you right to him. Right.